Hey, what's up, y'all? Welcome to the conversation. It's your girl, Cassandra Lavelle. I'm so glad that you are listening in today, wherever you may be. Welcome to the conversation with Sandman. I just wanted to um, go ahead and do this pod real quick for the week. And today is Sunday, June 27th. Um, hope y'all doing good out there. It's been a kind of crazy day. Um, a good day, a bittersweet day for me personally. So uh, a few days ago, I had gotten basically diagnosed with, um, I had two inner ear, inner, inner ear <laughs> infections. And I had been experiencing like headaches and dizziness and pain in my ear, pain in my head, didn't know what was wrong. So finally, like after five days, I was like, let me just go to the ER and see what's up. And I went, I'm glad I went. My daughter drove me and, um, cause my husband was at work and basically I found out I had the inner ear infections, man. These mugs, these jones hurt. They hurt <laughs> like a mug. So I've been in the house all weekend, really in and out the bed. Um, <clears throat> cause when I get up and I walk around my head, pounds and get a little dizzy but um it's, it's starting to get better so I'm thankful for that and I'm like so tired of just sitting there so I was like let me go ahead and um get on this conversation real quick this morning I didn't go to church because of the you know the infection but um I spent some time and just in prayer and worship and singing to God and reading his word and it really blessed my soul and then <clears throat> a couple hours after praying, my aunt had been in and out the hospital. My great aunt, my dad's mom, sister, my aunt Burma. Um, my mom had texted me and said everybody was leaving church because she wasn't doing well. And uh, I wanted to go up there, but physically I was like, I don't know, you know, so I didn't. I told my mom, call me when you get in the hospital room so I could, um, you know, pray with her and, and let her know I love her. And by the time my parents got up there and everything, she had passed. So that was that for today. It was a little tough, um, tough, but at the same time, I have peace because I know she is a believer in Christ Jesus. And like the Lord had, um, you know, I cried, you know, naturally just because, you know, you grief. I feel like I, I'm more so grieve, um, not just the presence, but it, it, it's mainly like knowing what my family is going through. My family's been through a lot this past year, past year and a half with deaths and things like that. Um, so I was really thinking like and praying for like my aunt, my aunt Gail, my dad, and my aunt Wanda, and Robin, and Aunt Donna, and Virgilio, Aunt Burma's sons, and just, just our family, right? So just crying out to God, you know, and asking him to comfort and, you know, that his peace would be heavy upon their hearts and, and everything that he would continue to carry him as, as he has. But, um, then the Lord, like just gently impressed in my mind like this vision of my aunt Burma um not just like at peace but like he showed me like my grandmother my grandma Crosby my aunt Burma's sister who passed last April like her in heaven and her welcoming and seeing Burma coming to heaven um and that reality really just it did something for my soul it really strengthened me um and comforted my heart um, and then my good friends, Kara and Kristen, Kristen Jordan and Kara Buell, they lost their grandma today. And, um, and they've known for a while she's been transitioning. But again, just because people have Christ in their heart, it doesn't take away from the pain like that we feel. 
And so I was like, man, you know, so praying for them and everything. And long story short, I was like, you know, let me get about this bed and let me just, um, let me get into the word. And then I looked over at my computer, my Mac and my mic. And I'm like, nah, let me just go ahead and hop on this conversation real quick. Because I feel like God has a word, um, that he wants me to share, um, and, and to talk with you all about. And so I won't be on here long, but, uh, this conversation today, um, I just want to, I guess, label it. And if I was to label it, I would, um, by labeling it, I would call it God is the God of the details or let God handle the details. All right. So yeah, I'm going to start off a little heavy. <laughs> you can probably hear me drinking my little zero calorie lemonade. <laughs> But yeah, God is a God of details, right? He's a God of details. And so I think where this thought really came from was, as I said, when I was up praying this morning by myself, because my family was at church, um, talking to God and reading his word, I went to Matthew because my daughter and um, our friend, friend of ours, um, good friend of hers, we're going to start this study we do things together every Friday, but we're going to start studying every Friday as well. Incorporate that into our quality time, which is dope. And so they asked me to do it. And so I'm going to lead them in this Bible study um, with the help of the Holy Spirit. <laughs> and we're going to be starting in Matthew. So I was just, you know, like, well, let me just study it ahead of time. Let me pray. Let me just really start reading through it and everything. And I'm going to, you know, start encouraging them to start reading through it and everything until we get together Friday, blah, blah, blah. But when I was, I just, I went to Matthew 1. And of course, you know, I like to always look up like the history and know who's the writer, who's the author. You know what I'm saying? Like, what was he writing, you know, in um, Hebrew? Was he writing in Greek? Or, you know, was he a Jew? Was he not? Blah, blah, blah. Like, just knowing the context and culture and, and who wrote it and, and kind of identifying what kind of writings he used, uh, what kind of literary writing it is. And so I read... The first, um, really the first verse and just started studying like word by word, you know, one verse and the verse says, and I, I'm using a CSB, you know, cause I'm saved, saved, no, <laughs> but I'm using a CSB Bible, Christian standard Bible, right? And it says, it says an account of the genealogy of Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham, right? And I know that is not like a real off the rip deep scripture you know when you just look at it um on the surface but i really like i really when i study and, and i spend time with the lord i try to really take my time and really dig and and read slowly and read repetitively and observe and all those things and when it said in an account of the genealogy of jesus christ the son of david the son of Abraham, I was like, okay, Lord, there's a whole lot in this one scripture that needs to be unpacked before I can even move forward to learning about Jesus's genealogy, these people that will be named in the next like 10 scriptures, right? So um, I looked at the word account. And so apparently account was actually like a scroll or a book um, or something rolled up. So the, the account or the book or the scroll the, the paper, the note, the record of the genealogy. The genealogy is basically um, when you, 
trace someone's um, lineage or line age, lineage, line age, like their bloodline and down the ages, like numerically. Um, <clears throat> when, you, when you trace, you know, you're counting basically um, from the time someone is born, their days are numbered and their lineage is being counted, right? And so it says the account of the genealogy, the genesis, the beginning, um, the the tracing of Jesus Christ. So, so Matthew, this writer who we know to be a tax collector, as we read the book of Matthew, and you find in our studies that he is um, a tax collector. He is someone who probably is not well liked. Someone who is not well received. Um, Tax collectors were known for being cheats um, and oppressors. And so Matthew, though, life has been changed by Christ. Um, and and tax collectors were very, very detailed, right? Um, because they was dealing with numbers and dealing with money. And you had to be as a tax collector. And so his account, Matthew's account, the epistle, the letter, um, or not letters, I don't want to say letter, the, the, the book of Matthew, his writings, um, his record, his witnesses, his um, detailed account of who Jesus is, um, is just, is, is interesting. So he says, he starts it off by saying, this is an account. He, he's a, a tax collector, an accountant, giving an account <laughs> of the genealogy of Jesus Christ. So he says, this is going to be the, the, the scroll, the book, the um, tracing of the lineage of Jesus Christ. And it says Jesus Christ. Then it says the son of David. So he introduces Jesus Christ as the son of David. And then it says the son of Abraham. So it's so interesting to me that Matthew's first verse that he pens, he mentions Christ's name, Jesus Christ. And he says that Jesus is the son of God. I'm sorry. He says that he is the, he is the son of God, but he said he is the son of David and he is the son of Abraham. And so this scripture in itself is pointing back to the Old Testament because it brings up David, who we know was the second king of Israel. Um, and he, God made covenant with David. And then he also brings up Abraham, which was the father of faith, um, their ancestors forefather. And we know God made a covenant with Abram, according to, I believe it's Genesis chapter 12. Um, and then it's reiterated throughout Genesis um, but in second Samuel chapter seven, verse 12 through 16, I want to read something real quick because he talks about Jesus being the son of David first. So second Samuel, let me go to it. Verse seven. Uh, verse seven. I'm sorry. Second Samuel chapter seven. There we go. <laughs> verses 12 through 16 it says this it says when your time comes and you rest with your fathers i will raise up after you your descendant who will come from your body and i will establish his kingdom 
He is the one who will build a house for my name and I will establish the throne of his kingdom forever. I will be his father and he will be my son. Verse 16, your house and kingdom will endure before me forever and your throne will be established forever. Nathan reported all these words and this entire vision to David. So basically what happens is, is David um, wants to build a house for God to dwell in. And we know that God doesn't dwell in a house made by human hands, right? But David's hands were full of um, bloodshed because uh, he was a king, but he was also a mighty warrior. And so God sends Nathan, the prophet, to David in this specific passage, passage and gives Nathan a, a word, a vision to give to David and let him know that, you know, you're not going to be able to build my house, but I'm going to establish my covenant with you. Um, and as I establish my covenant with you, there's going to be seed that comes from your loins and... I'm going to cause that seed to establish um, my name and his kingdom is going to be established and it will endure. His kingdom will never be overthrown. It'll endure forever. Um, and David's throne will be established forever through this son, through this seed. And he wasn't talking about Solomon, but it's a prophetic verse speaking about Jesus, the Messiah. So going back to Matthew, these Jewish hearers um, or readers of the text and not saying only the Jews but the Jews definitely were familiar waiting on their Messiah they knew the Old Testament prophecies they knew the Old Testament scriptures um, and so Matthew is establishing with his audience that indeed the Messiah that you've been waiting on the son of David the one who would reign on the throne forever um, is Jesus the Christ and those scriptures point to Jesus. And then he says, the son of David and then the son of Abraham. And remember, I mentioned that God had made covenant with Abraham and the covenant that you can find. Um, the first place we find it, I believe, is Genesis 12, uh, specifically where God is speaking to Abraham. And it says, verse one, the Lord said to Abraham, go out from your land, your relatives and your father's house to the land that I will show you. Listen, he says, go out from your land, go out from your relatives, go out from your father's house to the land I will show you. And I will make you a great nation and I will bless you and I will make your name great and you will be a blessing. And I will bless those who bless you and I will curse anyone who treats you with contempt and all the peoples on the earth will be blessed through you. And this is all again, part prophecy of the coming Messiah because through Jesus, all the nations of the earth would be blessed. And Jesus came from the lineage of Abram. So God says, go out from the land, the place you're familiar with, the people you're familiar with, to a land that I will show you. Remember, I wanted to call this, this um, conversation, God is in the details or God of the details, right? So the scripture says again, an account of the genealogy of Jesus Christ, the son of God, the son of Abraham. And so we know who Abraham is um, when we look at his life in the book of Genesis. So then I looked at uh, Luke, Luke 1, 31 through 33. I promise y'all I'm not going to be on this mug real long. But I'm, I'm you know, taking, taking you on a, a listening virtual trip <laughs> by way of hearing. Um, 
Luke 1, 31 through 33, it say this. It says, Now listen, you will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give him sorry, and the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. He will reign over the house of Jacob forever and his kingdom will have no end. So all of these scriptures have something in common. It's pointing to Jesus being the Messiah. And so the reason why I chose this specific passage, Matthew 1, just one verse, an account of the genealogy of Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham, is because although it's one small verse, um... with 15 words <laughs> I'm going to count them it it says so much it's it's packed because Matthew is driving his point right out the gate that Christ is the son of David the son of Abraham he is the Messiah whose kingdom will be established and will have no end and so I think about how scholars say that there was for a period of 400 years of silence where God didn't speak through his prophets anymore um, until we get the announcement of the arrival of Jesus um, we get the announcement of John the Baptist to his parents and Jesus um, and so the the Jewish people would have known all of these prophecies and these scriptures they were waiting for their messiah they were waiting for their deliverer they were waiting for their salvation and so when matthew comes and he says that he's the son of david he's the son of abraham like god is deliberately by way of his holy spirit spoke to matthew and matthew penned this text but the holy spirit gave him the words and so the lord made sure that exactly how he prophesied of old in old times with the old prophets, how the Messiah would look, when he would come, how his character would be, what he would do, what he would experience. All of those prophecies, God was so very detail oriented. He knew that the people were waiting for a savior and a Messiah and there were qualifications or should I say there was fruit that they would be looking for, for the true Messiah of God. And so the Lord was in the details. God handled the details. He made sure that when he sent Jesus Christ to be born of a virgin who was Mary, that Mary's lineage would also trace back to David, <laughs> that it would trace back to their forefathers so that no one could discount or discredit Jesus as Messiah. You could literally go through their family tree. Like we do family trees, we do DNA and all that stuff. Back then they would, they would carve on these sticks so they would carve on scrolls and they would document every person, every birth throughout the generations. And, and if you went and looked through all these generations, you could trace Jesus's blood his life all the way back to Abraham, 
all the way back to David, David's father, Jesse, and so on and so forth. And so God, if God would, listen, he had to make sure that Mary was in the right place at the right age with the right blood in her lineage to conceive a child so that this child's DNA and its ancestry could be traced back to Abraham, the father of faith, to King David. Because that's whom the Messiah would come from. And so, although that that was this long period of silence, when God did speak, everything still was in line. And so I guess what I'm trying to say, y'all, on the conversation is that God is a God of details. Even if it seems like there's a long period of silence in your life and you may not see any movement or much movement, just refer back to the old word that God has given you because he's faithful to complete what he has started. There's a scripture that says um, in Philippians chapter one, verse six, and it's, it's Paul. <clears throat> it's Paul talking to his brothers and sisters and he's praying and he's thanking God and telling them that he remembers them in their prayer. And this is what he says in verse six of Philippians. He says, I'm sure of this, that he who started a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. Whatever God has started in your life, he will complete it. He will perfect it. He will perform his word. His word cannot return to him void. God is faithful. So I just want to encourage you as you're listening to let God handle the details. There's so many things like I know God has shown me about my life and my family and us living on the mission field one day and I, you know me um, flying all the way across this world to preach the gospel to different nations and he's doing it little by little but there's some things that he's shown me that I just don't see no way shape or form I just can't even understand how like I don't even see any dots connecting to even you know to, to line up to get me to that specific place of what I know God has shown me and placed in my heart but I have to trust him with the details. It's not for me to work out the details. It's for the father to work out the details. When God gave his people, Israel, prophecy about their coming Messiah, it wasn't for them to know um, how to make it happen. You know, it, it, it was for them to trust the word of God and trust the word of the Lord that one day the Messiah would come and that he would reign. Um, in Israel like that they had to trust him but God handled the details and he handles the details there's a scripture that I want to give you to remind you and I'm sure y'all already noticed it says in a uh, Hebrews chapter 11 verse 6 it says now without faith it is impossible to please God since the one who draws near to him must believe that he exists and that he has a, he rewards those who seek him like we we have to remember if we want to live in a way that pleases God we are to live by faith and operate by faith like we have to believe that God will answer us when we pray 
when we call, when we cry out to him, when we draw near to him, he will draw near to us. We have to remember that it is not for on our hands to make things happen. A lot of times, um, and let me say this, I'm not saying that we don't work hard because we are to work hard. We're to be good stewards of the gifts and resources, talents and skills God has given us. But at the end of the day, the Lord is the one who causes increase. He is the one who provides the outcome. Um, we do the work we do, what we can do and let God handle the outcome and do the rest. Let God do what we can't do. We do what we can do and let God do what we cannot do. Um, we let God handle the details, right? We let him handle the details. So we have to remember that when we come to him, we should come to him first, believing that he is who he says he is, that he is God, that he is faithful, that he loves us, that no good, no good thing will he withhold from them that walk uprightly, that he promises us in Romans 8 and 28. And we know Paul says this and Paul, if you know anything about the apostle Paul and the life that he lived, it was not an easy life of faith. It was not All right. He suffered persecution for the cause of Christ, but he still penned and said, and we know that all things work together for the good to them that love God, to them who are called according to his purpose. Paul even says this, I have to read this verse in Romans eight. Paul says this, he asks the questions. He says, what then are we to say about these things? If God is for us, who is against us, right? And then he goes on to name some things. Who can bring any accusation against God's chosen, his elect? God is the one who justifies. Who is the one who condemns? Christ Jesus, the only one who can condemn, right? So it says, who can separate us from the love of Christ? Can affliction, distress, whatever kind of affliction we're experiencing, whether it's in your body, in your mind, in your finances, distress, persecution, famine, nakedness, danger sword like like nothing can separate you from the love of god no height no depth no breath breath no width no angels no rulers nothing present nor things to come no powers nothing created can ever separate you from the love of god and god is in the details let him handle the details so I want to encourage you to remember what God has told you to continue to press towards the mark, continue to do what God has called you to do, which is to love the Lord, your God, with all your heart, your mind, your strength, right? Your soul, love him with everything within you. Be faithful on over the things that he is giving you to do, but trust him for the outcome. Let him handle the details of how he's going to get you from point A to point Z and continue to walk by faith and trust him and walk like follow him like take leaps of faith y'all take steps of faith like don't just stand still just keep moving forward and and and, and laying your plans before God as you're going and he will read out what needs to be read out he will redirect what needs to be redirected because he is good and he loves you and he won't lead you astray So I thought it would be good again, like I said, to read Matthew 1 and 1 because we look at the details, how God handled the details. And if God handled the details for his people so that these Jewish people would know that 
his son, his beloved son, his beloved son was the Messiah, then he will definitely handle the details of you and I in our everyday lives. Every day can be an adventure and a journey with God if we choose to embrace it and recognize him for who he is. So don't worry about how things are going to get to where he showed you they would be. Sometimes God will show you the outcome as you're in the process or even before you start on your journey if you need it. Or sometimes he'll just show you on the way like he did Abraham. (laughs) But however he does it, let him handle the details. It's not for us. We have to trust him with the details. And he is, he has proven his track record that he is worthy to be trusted. Just read the scriptures and look at how there's so many prophecies being fulfilled when Jesus Christ was actually born. And when he walked and lived 33 years among us, God was in all the details. And every day he may be writing the story of your life And there may be details there that look mundane and don't make sense to you, but God sees it and he knows that everything that's happening is connecting dots that maybe you can't see that will lead you to the bigger picture. So trust God with the details, y'all. For real. This has been your girl, Cassandra Lavelle. I want to encourage you to trust God with the details. I'll be back With the team, we'll be talking about the love of God and how immense his love is for us. Until then, enjoy your journey with God. All right? Peace.